Ever wondered why our children's teeth are full of fillings? Did you know that Manx children's dental health is among the worst in these islands? In last month's Tinmold, the Social Affairs Committee presented a report on children's oral health, which the Health Minister felt was a bit weak in its demands. We hear from the Minister later in the programme, but Daphne Kane, MHK, is a member of the Social Affairs Committee. What does she think about the Minister's intervention? This is an amendment from the Health Minister to seek to have public health look into the merits of adding fluoride to Ireland drinking water. That's a, a, a coming amendment to the report of the committee that I was a member of. Um, we were seeking, actually, that they increase the uh, promotion within the schools and the nurseries of the very good oral health strategy and Smile of Man campaigns that are already sitting there but not particularly well implemented. So I voted against the amendment the first time round, although as I said, I could be a walking advert for fluoride in drinking water, having been born and raised 20 years in Sheffield, which does put fluoride in the water. But along with that, having the Sheffield Dental Project rolled out across schools at a very impressionable age, which includes the science of how teeth rot, the teeth brushing skills, nutrition and diet and good oral hygiene, that stuck with me from the age of nine-ish, to now. So I said I've, I've made it past 50 without ever having a filling. So is that because I started off with the fluoride in the water? Probably a significant part. But also because what the committee was suggesting should happen is similar to the success they've had in the Falkland Islands with the rollout of painting fluoride six monthly intervals for all children. Um, and that possibly we could roll that out like they used to have the school dentist. It might be easier just to have a dental scheme that went through the schools and made this available, not imposed on all children, but which parent really wouldn't want their child to have the benefits. Um, that's because we know what um, an upset was caused the previous times that it's been suggested that they put fluoride in water. So I think that NHS UK is very clear that there are benefits of that. My questions earlier in the session last time elicited from the Manx Utilities Chair, Mr Crookle, the headline figure they think it might cost £2 million plus £100,000 a year to enable them to put fluoride in water. Would it be a good thing? Well, possibly yes for the vast majority, although there were concerns raised with me, those with thyroid or kidney issues have concerns about it and would not accept it. But we already put chlorine in the water. We already put other things in to make it good drinking water. Would public have the trust that it would be monitored? You know, who would monitor the levels were suitable? I'm not sure that public health can add to the debate, our public health, that it benefits children undoubtedly. The worry I have is that the emphasis then won't be on the aspects of oral health on the island that we need to be adjust, um, adjusting, which are we've got over 3,000 people on the waiting list for an NHS dentist, A 1,000 plus of those are children. So we really need to focus getting more dentists, providing more oral health and hygiene care to young people on a regular basis to affect better outcomes, i.e. fewer fillings, fewer holes, reducing the average of two children per week that go under a general anaesthetic, hospitalised to have multiple teeth out. So it how we do it in multi-pronged attack in terms of delivering the strategies that are already in place. That's what the Social Affairs Policy Review Committee was seeking. I'm, I, I did vote against the amendment. I'm, it's kind of academic to me. You can 
come back all you like and say this would be a really good thing because there's plenty of scientific research that says that, that can you come back and say practically how you will implement it, how you will monitor it, and how will you convince the Manx population that that's a good thing? That's the issue. And in the meantime, I would really like the focus to be on the children because I think that it's acknowledged there aren't enough dentists and that young people in particular are being failed from an oral health point of view and actually when when you have a baby and you you automatically get signed up for a a doctor and you automatically get your health visitor why the heck shouldn't you then at that point get the oral health advice on how to make sure that you clean your baby's teeth as soon as they arrive and get seen by dentists every six months do you think we need to be, or you perhaps, uh, Isle of Man government needs to be more uh, explicit in explaining just how bad uh, ch- uh, children's dental health is on the island. It is pretty poor. We, we compare with the most deprived areas of the UK. There is absolutely no reason for that. They, it says in the report that we, we made to Timwald, the, um, it's a wholly, almost wholly preventable disease tooth decay there is no reason the Isle of Man should be so bad and that's why we included look what Falkland Islands achieve from 70% to 90% of children with no cavities in their teeth and that's what we want for the Isle of Man now the practicalities of how you do it I've had some very encouraging um, emails messages from the cabinet office minister Kate Lord Brennan who's looking after public health and hopefully will be taking I mean what what's the issue here Meanwhile, after they look at um, the fluoridating water, they could be doing more practical retired dentists or dental nurses going around the schools, delivering the message, showing the the good um, toothbrushing, the the pink tablets, the disclosure tablets that show where you're not brushing and you need to. It's the fun way of getting the message over. But actually, every child on the island, you know, reduce the amount of sweets, the frequency of sweets, drink plain water, not flavoured, has a massive impact on how good you're your teeth are in later life and I have to say having some some friends on the island who have horrendous um, teeth and bills for the amount of fixing required it is so much less expensive to have good teeth plus it has a bearing on your general health and, and very poor um, decayed teeth can have a, a really negative impact on general health so it is absolutely a win so yes I think that putting fluoride in water could have a really beneficial effect after five years of our young people. But given the um, the resistance to that, would it be simpler to ask whether it's possible through Isle of Man Creameries to deliver special fluoride milk to the schools? And would that be an opportunity rather than the two million pounds to get ad- adapted? You know, even the £100,000 a year to continued to put fluoride in the water that would buy an awful lot of um, dental project promotion public health promotion of oral hygiene in schools but of course government does is at its best when it is investigating matters producing reports um, considering matters introducing strategies Um, the thing it seems to find most difficult is taking practical pragmatic steps Indeed, and it does feel a bit like a distraction diversion to say, oh, we already offer all children six monthly treatments. You might offer it, but they're not 
being delivered and there is a huge amount of children, the thousand children on the waiting list who are being failed, but countless others who aren't even in the system or, you know, the few who might be being seen in by private dentists. But I just think it's something that we should really do better. And, and you know it's good. You know it could be potentially an, an improvement over the next few years. So... I just don't think that in the current political climate, however much they go and gather the evidence, I mean, I could I could find the evidence today that NHS and others say that the the risks of the from uh, don't really hold up scientifically. And yes, it's a real positive to have fluoride added to drinking water. It's it's going nowhere if you can't convince the the island population that this is a positive thing. And in the meantime, there's so much more you could be doing through, um, I mean, it, it could all be part of food waste, science and good oral hygiene to deliver that message at key ages. But practically to put, as we used to have the school dentist back in the schools, to have that access and confidence, because there's this massive fear that builds up because... In a lot of cases, children are only going to see the dentist when they've got an issue, when they've got really bad toothache, and then it's horror, horror, terrible teeth in the hospital, hospitalised under general anaesthetic to have multiple teeth removed, and that can have knock-on issues with confidence and, and actually speech. It's Is that what we want for the island? And it's been perpetuated over decades and never addressed, and it would seem to me there are, there are examples in various local authorities. I mean, Sheffield's one that I know... But as you said, there are many areas that do have either natural fluoride or put fluoride in the water and hold swathes of America too, which we know is a very litigious society. So if if it's managed in all these other areas and makes um, much improvement in the oral outcomes for people, then why isn't it something we look we'd look at? But it is a it is a case that will government do something practical to make these improvements, to implement the very good strategies they've got on the shelf. Um I just wouldn't want them to be diverted from delivering that by going off and doing unnecessary work when it's already a proven imp- improvement, people. And perhaps for the cost of achieving that, there might be a more pragmatic, practical way we could deliver even fluoride tablets regularly to young people. That was Daphne Kane. Health Minister Laurie Hooper, MHK, was far from happy with the Social Affairs Committee's report on children's oral health. Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, like I, I said to Tim Wald, I mean, I was quite surprised that uh, just by way of example, they didn't talk to any dentists. I mean, if I wanted to have information about children's oral health, probably would like to talk to the dentists that actually deliver the service. Uh, they also really didn't talk to the department. They didn't take any proper oral evidence. It was a, a bit of a... It felt like the report had been written uh, before they'd even bothered to, to take any evidence, which is quite frustrating. And then when you look at the recommendations in the report, a number of them were telling us to do things that were already underway. And if they'd have asked the question, are you already doing this, the answer would have been yes. And they wouldn't have needed to then be work and time and energy put into a report that basically tells us to uh, do the things we know we're already doing. So, yeah, to my mind, I was quite disappointed by that committee report and I, I said as much to Timwald. So so why do you suppose the committee hasn't been as fully engaged with the department on, on this as it should have been? Well, I mean, I've been minister now for nearly two years. I think I've done one oral evidence session with that committee that is supposedly scrutinising my activities. So, uh, 
when I was sitting on a committee, I sat on public accounts, I sat on the Constitutional Affairs Committee. We were much more proactive, I suppose, in our approach to dealing with government departments, lots of official and unofficial kind of informal meetings as well, quite a lot of stuff that was going on. Um, don't really get a lot of engagement with them. I mean, by way of example as well, we now send all of the independent CQC reports and things that come in, we send those to the to the committee as well, because I think it's useful to have the, that external perspective. But again, so far, uh, no questions have come back from the committee on, on anything like that. So um, we're trying our best to engage but for some reason the the committee side really doesn't seem to be uh, as effective as it was in the, in the last administration I, I don't know why that that is uh, but that's just a kind of a personal view really yeah so in part i think the, the value of a committee from with a ministerial hat on is that it gives you the opportunity to talk about what you're doing we don't get a lot of chances i can't ask questions in tim world you know so unless you're up every month making statements which it doesn't really work you don't get a lot of chance to talk about a lot of the work that's going on so committees do give you that opportunity but equally you're right sometimes they and I've seen that from both sides of the fence where they can pick up on things they looked at the work you're doing and saying well you've missed something here but in order to do that they have to actually talk to you and look at the work you're doing whereas if they go off and do their own thing almost entirely when they come back and report what they basically say is all these things you should be doing and the answer from from government is yes we've, we've done all those things or we're already doing them and, and here's the work and it's almost like well, why are we even having that that conversation it's that should have happened at the outset rather than at the end of a, a reporting process so it is quite frustrating actually from my perspective and it's not just that committee that I've had issues with there are others I mean I talked about the active travel report for example a similar kind of problem they made they, they did a, an inquiry into active travel but they actually didn't and only one of the recommendations was about active travel all the others were about other things but yet they hadn't bothered to talk to, to people who may have had an interest in those other things so it feels a little bit like the committees themselves are, are, are dysfunctional is probably the word I would use. I mean, there's one committee that I don't think has even published a report in the last two years. So it's quite, kind of hard to know what's going on. I have tried asking questions of them myself. I've emailed all the committees asking for information on what they're doing. Uh, to date, I think only two of them have bothered to reply to my emails. Uh, one reply was quite simply just, we're going to publish some reports and you'll find out in due course. Well, that's not particularly helpful. Thanks very much. I'd like to see if I tried that approach as a minister saying, you'll have to wait and see. I'm not going to answer your questions. I'd rightly get a, a kick. Uh, so I've tried tabling actual Timworld questions now for the committees and I'm being told they may not be in order. I may not be allowed to even ask the committees questions of what's going on. So the whole thing is its something of a farce to my mind. its We have a dysfunctional system. It's not doing the job it's supposed to be doing and there doesn't appear to be any way to push them into doing the job they're supposed to be doing. On the subject of dysfunctional uh, systems, it's fair to say that uh, the health of uh, our children's teeth is amongst the worst in the, in in these islands. Um, what you've uh, done is you, you've amended the report of the Social Affairs Committee, and uh, one of the amendments is that uh, your department should go away and pre pre prepare uh, a, a paper um, and have an investigation into whether or not um, the water supply in the island should have uh, fluoride in it. I mean, I know that the department has papers already because uh, when I was member for health 19 years ago, um, there the, the the was a big dusty uh, file of information about fluoridation. So why why yet another report into this? 
so this comes back to the committee recommending that we do something that already goes on. Uh, so really we decided we could just accept that recommendation and say, yeah, we're already doing that, so let's just crack on and, and do the thing we're doing. But the spirit, I think, of the committee's recommendation was we should do more. And, and actually, I completely agree with that because our, the oral health that, uh, that we have on the Isle of Man isn't where it needs to be, especially around children. So I, I think that there does need to be more work. So the, really the next step up from what we do already is we should put fluoride in the water. That's the next logical step. That's what all the evidence would suggest is the right thing to do, the public health arguments. Um, but I think I knew that if I took tabled a, an amendment to the, to the report saying we should put fluoride in the water, Tim Wald would absolutely go apoplectic about it. Uh, I thought, obviously quite wrongly, that tabling a, an amendment that said let's get the evidence out there in public and have a proper informed debate about it, I thought that might get support. I think everyone was saying we need to do more for our kids' oral health. I think generally people accept this is the next step. So let's get the evidence out there again. Now, even that, uh, that kind of halfway house, which I would agree with you, Phil, is almost going to be a waste of time and energy because we know what we should be doing. Even that didn't get through Timwald um, because Legislative Council said, no, the key said we should do that, but Legislative Council said, no thanks, we don't want evidence-based policy. Uh, not all of them. You know, there were a number of members of LegCo that voted quite sensibly. So uh, that's the challenge I've got, is on the one hand, you have a, a committee or a parliament and a public saying, government, we need you to go out and be bold and do more. And every time you try, actually, you're just dragged back again by, by Timwald saying, actually no we don't really want you to, to do that so you're stuck between a rock and a hard place really you can't you can't win i think as a minister uh, at the moment if i if i'd have put down the we should definitely do this motion i'd have been pilloried if i'd have just left the committee do what they want we'd have been pilloried uh, ultimately uh, you know i don't mind taking a kicking for something that i know is the right thing to do but let me get on with it you know so let, let, let's focus then on fluoridation i mean you you have the opportunity now to 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 put some of the uh, information out there. Why do we need to have some solution uh, to, to, to deal with uh, the state of children's teeth in the end? So uh, it's, it's public health that would be a better place to give you a, a more detailed kind of uh, answer as to why this is uh, the appropriate step to take. Uh, but I think the reality is it all comes down to access and availability. So even if every single person on the Isle of Man had access to an NHS dentist, which we know isn't the case, and actually doing that is part of our plan, we are going to try and improve access and availability. Even if you do that, not everybody will choose to access that, that dentistry service. That's just the way people are and you can't force people and I wouldn't recommend forcing people so there are always going to be people there are always going to be kids who who lose out who miss out on whatever services are being offered simply because they don't access whether they, they can or can't and that is exacerbated at the moment by the fact that they simply can't access and so these kind of population level uh, health initiatives essentially are the way you reach everybody, the way you reach people that can't access or choose not to access. And of course, some people then describe that as mass medication, don't they? They do, but I mean, if you if you eat bread, for example, you know, we all know that UK baked bread has got you know folic acid and vitamins and things added to it. Um, that's been the way forever, you know. And anyone who buys imported bread does that. The idea that somehow this is a new new thinking, I think, is is quite mistaken. Uh, the question really is is does the evidence support doing it, yes or no? That should be the, the ultimate question for us. And is it cost effective and is it safe? And if the evidence says yes, then really it's something you should consider. If the evidence says no, or is even if the evidence isn't clear, it's something maybe you need to think more about. Uh, and it's public health that are the best people to talk about all of that. But I, I mean, what, this is why when I went to Timwald, I didn't make a strong case one way or the other. I didn't go, you know, big, big bang on this stuff because I thought it has to be Timwald's decision, ultimately. Timwald have to be the ones taking ownership of this. And if Timwald say, no, 
then it's a no. And, and that's the reason I asked for the combined vote, really, because the last uh, sitting of Timwall, the Keys said yes, and Legislative Council said no. Uh, and I don't think that's right. I think, actually, where that happens, it's almost incumbent on you to say, well, it's a matter of public policy. It's quite important. The elected branch should take priority on things like this. So let's see if Timwall as a whole collectively says yes or no. I suspect it still won't get through. I suspect Timwall will say no thanks. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate the argument that's been made by people like Mrs Kane, for example, who sat on the committee saying we should do more. And I think Mrs Kane is very supportive of what we're trying to do. But her view, I think, would be the same as yours, which is we've got 100 reports over this. Why do we need another report? And, and I get that. Um, but sometimes it's about moving the needle, actually. And if, if Timwall does say yes, let's have another report, I suspect public health could throw one together very quickly because the evidence is there and has been for, for decades uh, and then we can come back to Tim Ward and say well here's the evidence you asked for, now do you want us to do it and then that's a slightly different conversation Is, is part of the problem that um, we are all so familiar with poor uh, dental health with, uh, for, for our children that we don't know that there is a, a better uh, system? It could be. Um, I think partly, though, it's that we are we are used to, I think, a system that works in the way that it works. And I think people get it in, in their heads sometimes that, well, there are easy solutions to these problems. And that's the way these things are often presented, uh, you know, in, in terms of when you have these big, complex, society-wide issues. Quite often, people that don't want to do those things will come back and say, you don't need to do all of that really complex stuff. Just do this, because it's really easy and it's your silver bullet. And actually, that's that's never the case. There are never simple answers you know and if anyone is on the other side of the argument saying put fluoride in the water and it'll solve all your problems they're totally wrong as well because it won't it, it's a small part of a much bigger uh, piece of work and a much bigger puzzle and I think that's the, the problem as, as human beings we like simple understandable easily explainable answers to complex problems and the reality is that just isn't the way the world works and I've never been the kind of politician who will who will try and do that who will try and oversimplify things for people and say here's the answer that's going to be your solution you know let's get break it done that's never really been my my approach because I, I think the public are smarter than that actually and everyone knows that it's a complex problem with complex solutions and everyone knows it's going to cost money and take time and equally everyone knows if we spend money on this we might not be able to spend that money on on something else that is equally important so it's a really complex picture and i think it is only fair that tim Wald actually delves into that complexity and has that complex debate and we didn't really have that if i'm honest uh, in the in the sitting when this was presented it was very much a, a black and white lots of misunderstanding on the floor not really a lot of effort I think to engage with the actual detail of the issue I was half expecting an amendment coming forward saying exactly what you said why do another report let's do it or let's not do it didn't happen you know that's what I would have done as a backbencher I'd have told government what are you doing with more of these bleeding reports let's just let's just do it but is, is, is the the other side of, of this coin perhaps that maybe government needs to do more to discourage uh, the uh, purchase of uh, sugary uh, drinks and sweets. And I think there's, there's, that's kind of what I mean about these public health initiatives. But again, as soon as you start getting into that, you're dealing with things like personal choice. You're dealing with potential issues around discrimination. Are you are you telling people what they can and can't do in their lives? And actually, that's, a, again, a difficult place to be in. So we have the, the sugar tax, you know, which, which came in off the back of the UK's. Uh, there are kind of marketing restrictions and all the other stuff that goes on around junk food and sugary drinks. And, and maybe there could be more to be done around that. You know, I don't discount that. But again, that's another difficult conversation to have with Timberwolf members and with the public around what we can and can't do now intrinsically i think people make the best choices they can make with the information they have and the resources they have available to them so it's up to us to try and give people better options and better choices and to actually encourage them to make choices rather than telling them what they can and can't do you know ultimately that's the 
that's the way I think government should work. I know some of my colleagues may disagree with me on that and may like to be a bit more draconian on telling people what they, they can and can't do. Um, and that's kind of where you have that complex conversation then that says, okay, so how do we best do that? How do we support people in making the right choices? And that then gets into that whole complex picture of public health and that takes decades. And whilst you're doing all of this stuff, that's great but there are still kids today who are losing out and reality is how do we help those kids today whilst at the same time trying to change you know things for the future and that's where it gets a little bit more complex because the things you want to do to shift society wide and improve everyone's health will take five to ten years to, to really have a noticeable effect but the th things you want to do also is help the kids today that are struggling to get access to a dentist or to get the oral health support that they need and i don't think you can do one without the other one is much easier to to argue for because you can see immediate results and immediate improvement um the other i think is slightly more challenging that was health minister laurie hooper is fluoridation of our water the cure for our children's bad teeth or is it mass medication and much to be avoided don't forget this program is available as a podcast on manx radio's website for now, though, I'm Phil Gorn. Go to Mayo. Thanks for listening.